Hello and welcome to episode six of the Macclesfield Weekend Weather Report. Sorry, the Mac Report for the 2021 season. A whistle-stop tour of the weekend's fixtures with me, Macclesfield celebrity Pete Langley. Another damp weekend saw an impact on some fixtures, but some perseverance saw the first, seconds and thirds complete matches, whilst the Sunday 11 were halted 11 overs into their run chase. This week, to whet your appetite, I am joined by another Macclesfield influencer. His name will be more than familiar and he has appeared on Get It Whacked and hosted the sister podcast for Macclesfield Rugby Club. Loyal listeners, I give you Frankie Barker. Good evening, Francis. Good evening, Langers. Great to be here. Yeah, bring the energy. Thank you. Now, Frankie, most people will be aware of your injury, so we don't need to go into too much detail there. But how did it feel playing competitive sport again, albeit on a wet Sunday afternoon in May? Well, I have to say, you gave me the, the text on Wednesday and I was a little reticent having looked at the weather forecast to stand in, in a field in single digit temperatures. I thought I'd be a bit cold. Uh, but then as soon as I got there on, on Sunday and it, it looked as if there was a possibility of cricket, uh, it all, that all evaporated. And I was really excited to to get in you know, the buzz of a bit of competitive team sport again and delighted to make my Sunday first 11 debut. Yeah, what a debut it was. Talk us through the playing conditions. You've mentioned that it looked like we were going to get a game on. So, yeah, a lot of humidity in the air, a lot of cloud cover, uh, as it has been for the last 60 days in, in the northwest. I think we we lost the, the toss. If I, I think our captain Skipper lost the toss, and they chose to bat for some reason. I don't know why. And, yeah, they had a father-son partnership opening up, which we, we only found out they were father-son when he came on to umpire for his dad later on. I didn't actually realise that, so thanks for that little bit snippet of information. Yeah, because there was a there was a, an LBW appeal that got quickly shut down by his son, which you'd expect if you you're not going to you're not going to finger your dad, are you? No, who was driving home? I wonder. I suppose that was you know, it's a long way back to Lindo, isn't it? If you have to walk, so young James Venables mentioning no names. Yeah, big fella. Um, mate, last week, I'll ask you about uh, the bowling performance in a second. But last week it was mentioned that a bit of an old senior pro. Pretty loud behind the stumps. Who was the loudest out in the field for the for the Mac team this weekend? You were pretty loud, but you, you know, you'd expect that. I'm probably discounting you. Jeno's there, of course. Jeno, another a fellow cross code legend. There's a few of them around. A few of us around. So. Friend of the show as well. Yeah, correct. Well, I was thinking of a maybe a younger variety, maybe one of the cousins out there. One of the cousins. Oh yeah, Chirpy George Ackley. <laughs> so. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, I suppose you didn't come out with that one first time round, but. That's okay. We can work with this. Yeah, he's um. Well, I've only ever known him as a little sprog, and he's just he's he's growing up now, and he's uh, he's got quite quite the gob on him, which uh, I suppose yeah. the, apple, the apple doesn't fall t- too far from the tree. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. You're right. Uh, a bit of great resilience from George. I thought he was handed a wet ball by the captain, sort of quite late in the in the overs. Obviously, anything short on a wet pitch just sat up, and and he did go to the boundary, but he he sort of had a route. You know, a smile on his face and he'd, he'd go back to his mark and, and come back in and bowl again and, and for me that was a resilient type of character that we were looking for yesterday he was um, uh, yeah I, I thought very impressed by, by George uh, and, and his cousin Charlie as well I thought uh, I, in fact I, I, I was taking on a bit bit of a pastoral role in, in sort of like asking the boys what, what, what their plan was uh, I think Morgs and, and Nashi I'd sort of say, what are you thinking here, here, Morgs? Like they don't need to know that I haven't got a clue what they're going to say. <laughs> um, but I'm just, I'm a sounding board. I, I bounce ideas off them. They tell me what they, they're thinking of, and then they focus on doing it. So Nash, you'd be like, oh, I'm just going to 
pitch it on a line and length. Uh, Morgs would be, I'm just going to aim for the top of off stump. What are you doing, George? Ball on the offside. He didn't go into yeah. detail. He didn't need to, did he? And and to be fair, that's great mentoring from you. And that's the experienced competitor that, that we wanted out there. I was going to mention Charlie's um, tight lines with his left arm orthodox. He's bowling spin now this season. He looked pretty good. Dropped one off his own bowling. But Frankie, did he make up for that in his bowling performance? Absolutely. I think he got the he got the old fella out, the, the father in the aforementioned father-son combination. So he, he, he stopped him short of 40 on 39, um, if my sources are correct. Uh, he got a few uh, later wickets as well. He bowled at the death, didn't he? He did, yeah. So he, he swept the tail a little bit, but um, you know, good on him for doing that and uh, getting some really good results. I thought, he, he, yeah, he, he did. Uh, he, he, he did drop one off off his own bowling, but then he, he picked himself back up again superbly and, and got himself back in the game. Yeah, great work from both the Ackleys. Um, so they had a guy come in at seven. He, he made fifty three. Cometh the hour, cometh the man. Who do you, who do you bring on to dismiss someone who's just had a, a half century off forty two balls? The big fella came in to bat and he he did nothing for two overs and then all of a sudden he just got his leg out of the way and and then hit it over the over the table of spectators. So they, they were in danger there uh, over Cal Corner and then after yeah he picked up a bit of momentum. Uh, we thought we'd bring on the the leadership of well we'd bring on you brought yourself on I think didn't you. Yeah, I mean, I was I was asked by multiple players, yeah. come on, Langers, we, you know, we don't see you play very often, please bowl. Yeah, um, and yeah, I, w- so. I would go through, uh, yeah, you took the top of off stump, didn't you? Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you are wrong. Uh, if you ask Finn Nash, he got three house points today for correctly describing the leg stump Yorker that dismissed the number seven batsman on 50-something runs. So, Neil, I... Yeah, I was right in that you you hit the stumps to dismiss the fella. Yeah, I bowled him. Yeah, you're right. It was it was rapid. Finn said, which earned him a house point. Uh, it was leg stump, which earned him another. And the leg stump cartwheeling back to the boundary uh, was the was the uh, other house point that he was awarded today for great storytelling. And people say that PE teachers aren't interested in other subjects. Let, that's enough about the the, the field in innings. We, you know, there were a few errors, weren't there? There were a few drop catches. There were a few balls through the legs. But it was a pretty miserable day. Um, and Lindo finished on 214 for eight. So we didn't bowl them out, but that was off their 40 overs. We managed to peg them back a little bit towards the end of the innings. So we turned around, quick turnaround. And then Frankie, you want to talk us through what happened in the, the batting innings? It, there was only 11 overs of it, but it was pretty active, wasn't it? Well, you, you just be- before we move on to the batting innings, you, uh, you you mentioned the uncharacteristic fielding errors there. Uh, I, I do find that that was probably more down to the poor management. We were we were robbed of a warm up to start with, and I felt that you know there were a few players who hadn't used their hands in a while, and I think we'd have certainly saved a few runs had we had we done the uh, the necessary pre game ritual. Um, so just something for a bit of feedback for the coaching staff there. But yes, yeah, the, I mean, there were there were sorry, Frankie, there were ten players warming up. I don't know where you were at that point in time, but uh, anyway, not to worry about that. Do, do you is is there any truth behind the rumor um, that we asked the opposition if it would be all right if you could field with your um, weaker hand uh, with a with a glove on, and you were wearing a, um, a gardening glove at the time. And when their captain looked over and said, yeah, absolutely no problems whatsoever. That's absolutely fine. You reached into your bag and what did you pull out? A baseball glove. Yeah. That, that, so that did actually happen. Yeah. Um, 
No, I obviously got to keep my hands, look after them and, and keep them warm because they they lose a lot of sensation. But yeah, I, I was pretty disappointed to to drop to drop Morgs actually. Morgs got dropped a couple of times, and uh, I was very apologetic. Uh, uh, but yeah, more more frustrated at myself. Uh, and then, well, I, 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 I'm glad to say I could atone for it. Um, do you want to tell them or shall I? You tell them. All oh, right. So. It's, I just I lost a I was stood at mid off and lost the ball. I think he just tried to um, drive it through me, uh, lost it, and then I, I thought, oh, bugger this, I'm going for it because my my confidence was all over the place. I'd not played sport for a while, not tested my hands out. Ended up diving forward into the left, nice little judo roll, took the guy, big big shout, yes, and uh, yeah, I was chuffed to bits to to make up for it. I was chuffed to bits to see you make the catch, mate. It was excellent to see. Thanks, come on, let, let's get on with the batting and innings because there's three more guests to come after you. So yeah, all right. Uh, so both feature length episodes. I went out with Tom Jennings uh, to to open. I wasn't due to open, but I think you you'd pulled a you pulled a hammy with some of those uh, those fastballs that you were delivering. Correct, the big fella. So uh, I was as quick as a flash into the changing room. Really, really quick ch- turnaround. Get uh, remembering how to pad up and the rest of it. In, you know, just thought I'd bed myself in for a couple of overs with with Geno at the other end, uh, and, and we'd be there for a, a long time so that we could uh, we could knock off 210, I think, or 212 something that we were chasing. Played a few off the back of my hamstrings, which was nice. Uh, ran a few nice buys uh, before I, I got a very 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 tricky straight one off off like a 13 year old lad, uh, and then I just got that sound that's all too familiar to too many batsmen. And was uh, sent packing, unfortunately. But then, you know, cometh the hour, cometh the man. Uh, Geno was was able to step up and really knock it about a bit and, and play some lovely shots, some lovely straight shots, some lovely bench shots with Flint. Was it Flinty in, in afterwards? I think I'm... Flinty came in at three. That's right. Yeah, he replaced you. Flinty got a great strike rate as well, if I if I remember rightly. Over uh, yeah, was it about 100 and, 110 something like that? Uh, short and sharp for, for Flinty. Before I, I can't remember how Flinty got out. You're going to have to remind me, Langers. Or, or Flinty was bold as well. He got a straight one, one of those tricky straight ones. Young Nashi again coming in and complimenting his his unbelievable uh, bowling figures as well. And yeah, have, have to say hats off to the fellas. Uh, probably your, my, your next question is who was the player of the match? And I think he's definitely in there. He's in the mix, Ezekiel. And then who's your player of the match? Nashi. Good stuff. Great nomination. Great nomination. Uh, yeah, it, I'll add, if you don't mind, Frankie, that the run rate, we, we were well up there with the run rate. Obviously, we lost two quick wickets. Um, but, you know, if the game would have carried on as, as it was and if, if Finn and Jeno would have stayed around, yeah, I think it would have been quite a tight finish. I had to make the difficult decision um, on behalf of Paolo, I think, to, to sort of call a halt to the game as the, the heavens opened just a tiny bit more. Um, and I don't think Lindo were too bothered about getting home early, to be honest with you. Frankie, you know, all joking aside, generally know how much of a competitive beast you are. And it was a pleasure to play sport with you again after such a a trauma last year. So congrats on the rehab and I hope that that rehab continues and progress keeps going up and up for you. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Quick shout out to Mrs. B, who, um, well, there weren't any sandwiches available on site. So she took me back to hers and showed me a rabbit and fed me as well. Thank you, Mrs. B. First 11 skipper had a jam-packed week last week, Thursday, Saturday and Sunday, and unfortunately no win in sight. This weekend, however, one fixture and keen to stop the rot, he took his merry men to Grappenor, 
Crossy, you win the toss. You took the ball. Take it from there. Oh yeah, good good toss to win, Langers. I must say it was. Um, I managed to play it fairly safe with the game. Effectively, if you get it below an eighty over game, no matter what, you you're picking up seven points. So it's almost like a a bit of a points backstop, which was quite nice. We elected to bowl first, like you said, and and we opened up with a new pairing of uh, Brad Porter making his first team league debut. And uh, welcome back, uh, young Miles Bradshaw, to the side after his uh, celebrity-packed weekend beforehand. Mate, you're really sticking with youth. With youth, obviously, there comes a bit of inexperience. And with that, maybe some inconsistent results or performances. But as you mentioned, Brad stepping up, you know, he seems to have repaid your faith with his bowling. Uh, Debut last week, he was pretty good. Uh, How was his second appearance on Saturday? Oh, absolutely uh, phenomenal. He bowled, oh, I think he bowled six overs, three for about 12, something like that, opening up. Uh, got three big, big wickets, got current league top run scorer out, followed by um, their number four, followed by uh, Greeny, who's, who's been around quite a while. I think he played a bit of professional cricket for Lancashire at one stage as well. So he took three really big wickets for us early on and um, Miles Bradshaw managed to get uh, the other big wicket of... Uh, Grant Hodnett, who, who's an ex-professional cricketer as well. So so we had them on the ropes early doors and and like you said, it, it continued from there. I think the opening partnership gave us, got them down to 22 for four fairly quickly, uh, which is really, really good to see. Then Birchie and uh, Morza came on to have a bowl. Morza uh, got a wicket pretty much with his uh, first couple of overs. Good catch uh, taken by Matto behind the stumps. Good old pills. And then uh, Birchie dismissed their other opener. And then, yeah, we just sort of ran through them a little bit. They had a bit of resistance towards the end, but uh, a good run out by Miles and a good bit of bowling by Jack Massey at the end, followed by the final wicket to Bradshaw. Got them 89 all out, which was... Uh, it wasn't it wasn't the worst score in the world. The outfield was running very slowly. The pitch was a little bit damp, but we were, we were extremely happy with it. It was all around good performance. We had Brad, 10 overs, 3 for 22. Miles Bradshaw, 9.1 overs, 2 for 18. Morza, 6 overs, 1 for 16. Birchie, 7 overs, 2 for 15. And Jack Mass, 4 overs, 1 for 13. So so all in all, a really good bowling performance. I see a comprehensive review of 89 all out inside 36 overs. Talk us through the batting innings. Take it from there, mate, please. So we, we started we started off fairly strong uh, with Angus and Boner. They got 17 for the first wicket. Uh, before Boner left a straight one. Uh, Guesty, their skipper, uh, got on to see him back in. Um, then we had a, a typical Mac sort of mini collapse with uh, myself and Pills getting out for, for zero, which is fantastic, um, which which left us 20 feet, 23 for three. And then Miles came in and uh, hit one straight back at the bowler who fingered it onto... Uh, the stumps at the non-strikes end and sadly ran Angus out. So that left us from 17 for none. We went to 23 for four really quickly and we're a bit under the pump. That brought Birchie to the crease. Uh, Birchie and Miles put on about 15 or so uh, before Miles sadly chipped one back to the bowler. So that left us 38 for five. So we were, we were struggling at one stage. Like I said, still in need of 50, 52 runs to win the game. Gladly... I'm pleased to say that Birchie and uh, Elmo uh, came in, steadied the innings, 
and uh, and got us over the line. So we end up five down. Birchie twenty two not out, and Elmo thirty five not out. So a really really good performance by uh, by everyone involved. Lots of standouts in Birchie and Elmo with the bat and Angus as well. All the bowlers contributed as well in the first thing. So it's a it was a great win. Great to have the twenty five points against a a team that I would imagine will be up there if not pretty much guaranteed promotion to the Premier League. So uh, really, really good team performance by the boys and, and we're going to take the confidence into future weeks. Yeah, that's one, one of the questions I was going to ask you. You've answered that perfectly. I suppose really, if you're you you know you're winning away at Grappenall, that's that's positive stuff. And, and as you said, taking confidence and hopefully making sure that you follow that up this weekend. I think you've got two fixtures coming in. I think you've got uh, Portsdown. I don't know if this is accurate because obviously you, you, the batting... Just you know, we didn't need it, but you've got ports coming in at ten. That means we're batting a long way down. But I've got a question for you: When you're five down, chasing a low score, when did the nerves start to kick in, or, or were you pretty relaxed? I had, I was I was nervous from ball one. Not going to lie, Langers. Not not having a win all season. It was it was one of those that that I knew that we'd get over the line, but if if we didn't, it could potentially really hurt us. So. So it was really good from Birchie and Elmo to to sort of get us over the line. Uh, like I said, ninety for five off off thirty overs. The they didn't play the natural game; they had to temper it in a little bit. So it's it was good uh, for them to show um, that sort of that sort of heart and playing for the badge and and get us over the line. Excellent stuff. Thanks, Crossy. Thanks for joining us this evening, and equally thanks for being approximately ten minutes shorter than Frankie Barker. Oh, this is. There's a lot to be said for being uh, 10 minutes shorter than Frankie Barker, I must say. I guess before, before you go, you forgot player of the match. Oh, go on, sorry, player of the match. It's got you to should be present Brad. this programme. Got to be Brad. Brad is. Yeah, um, of course. Go on. Obviously, first league game, we'd been struggling a little bit with the ball, both taking wickets and, and a bit of containment. And like you said, for him at 15 years old to bowl 10 overs, three for 22, um, opening the bowling is exceptional. So, uh so, yeah, really well done, Bradders. No pressure out there, guys, but Bradders has just got back-to-back uh, player of the day for the first 11. I think uh, Matto gave him player of the day for Sunday last week. Thank you again, Crossy. I'm going to move on now to Chris France. Frenchie, you were livid last week, and not because of the result necessarily. After who ate all the pies scandal, have you calmed down? Or did you take that aggressive approach out there on the field with you? I have to say, Langers, words were said in the week. And me and Crossy had a little sit down on uh, on Thursday evening after training where I don't think he'd quite see the funny side of having Tandy chasing the best part of the week for an extra half of the match fees. Um, but, you know, as with first and second team captains, there's always a little bit of back and forth. And I think we um, I think we got over our differences. I many poached both porters off me for Saturday and we were back at loggerheads again. But, yeah, you know, went into a Nantwich game with a, a much-changed side. Um, actually won the toss, which is quite nice. And, and, and bear in mind that, you know, we applied the same tactics as Crossy in the rain-affected game and giving ourselves a, a backstop of 40 overs. We, we decided we'd, we'd do something different for the first game this season and have a bit of a bowl. Great stuff, mate. So you, you went against your, your natural instincts there. Talk us through the bowlers. I know Ben, ben Kerwin's dropped down from the ones. He must have been keen to prove himself. Yeah, so we opened up with um, with Benny and with Henry. Um, both did a really good job, kept it pretty well contained at the top, chips away with um, a wicket each. And then as we sort of have done all season, you know, first change, Sam Hughes, 
Beautiful ball to him, really safe pair of hands. And at the other end, we've got the roulette wheel, which is Stuart Parks. You know, you never quite know what you're going to get, especially behind the stumps. It could be wonder ball, it could be awful ball, or it could be, you know, a wide. Um, and it usually is a wide, I have to say, Langers. Although this week, there weren't too many. They sort of scored at a fairly healthy rate. We kept taking wickets eventually, not which finished. 179 for nine off their 40 overs, which we felt was a little bit over par. I mean, the last over went for uh, about 15. Um, their number nine took a bit of a liking to Leroy. Um, but you know what? You know, the weather was improving. We felt well and truly in the hunt. And um, so myself and, and Mr. Kenny, who was making his second team debut for the season, went out to bat and opened batting. Um, Ian got a, a decent straight one, one of those really tricky straight ones, which tools before so much um, from their under-15 opening bowler, who also accounted for Nipper not long afterwards, which brought me and Longers together. And, you know, we, we, we went well. We were going at a good rate of knots, well up with the rates. Um, and as I've done so many times this season, I decided I'd get to 40. Decided I didn't want to buy everyone a jug because I'm an absolute cheapskate. And then ran past a straight one. That brought Longers and Tish together. And again, you know, we're both two together. We felt we were right with the rate. We were in the hunt. We were, you know, we, we fancied the victory, really. And then sort of disaster struck. And as, you know, listeners to the show will know, Tom Isherwood is, is famed, I would almost go to say, for his ability to injure himself at least six times a season. <laughs> and, and unfortunately... Um, he picked Natwich when we were going well and he'd actually got himself into form to, to tear his hamstring, resulting in having to be helped off the field of play. Um, then he came in and, and supported Longers for a while and, and then we sort of had Alfie come in and when Longers was caught on the boundary, that probably wraps up our chances of really going for a win. That being said, we managed to wheel Tish back out to effectively number nine with Longers ably supported it to run between the wickets and, and Tish smoked two very good sixes getting us up over 160 to get the maximum batting points and then Stewart um, Garnett and, and Parks he stitched it to, to ensure that Nantwich didn't pick up 25 points so all in all you know a losing draw but we, we sort of finished 18 runs short and you know, if we if we think about the bowling performance, if we tightened up a couple of those overs, you know, we were right there. We were competitive all the way through the game. Against Nantwich, you know, bear in mind, I think three years ago, they bowled out for 40. It's a, it's a huge leap in the right direction. I'd agree with that. Frenchie, the last three games you've scored 40, that is some serious jig avoidance going on there. What what would you like to do to, to convert that into a 50 and, and maybe I'll pay for the jug for you? Um, Stop missing the ball, stop running myself out, or stop offering it to cover. Any of that would, would be great. Um, to be honest, Langers, I felt pretty good Nick this year, but yeah, just lose concentration or get bored or, or something along those lines. But hey, it'll come. And, I'm confident. And uh, just correct me if I'm wrong. I believe after I listened to your podcast from, from last season or the season before, you started as a bowler. You moved into becoming a batter a little bit later on in your cricketing career, and now you're keeping wicket. What next, judo? Um, potentially, uh, potentially. Um, it's either that I'll become a full time alcoholic. So you know, got to keep the game interesting. Um, <laughs> Great. 
But no, um, quite enjoy keeping Rookit. Body doesn't on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. But you know, it's uh, it's interesting. It means that you get to see a different side of the game. <laughs> Thanks, Renzi. I've got two last questions for you. Uh, one is your player of the day. So player of the day, Mr. Longshore, second game of the season, back to back fifties. Looked really good at number four. Yeah, gotta gotta be longest. Well done, longest top stuff. Last question for you, Frenchie. You're 33 points from top of the table. You're 30 points from the bottom of the table. You've had a chance to see some of your players. You've had a chance to look at the opposition standards. What's the ambition for the rest of the season? You know what? If we could finish about where we are on the table now, which is pretty much slap bang in the middle, I'd be pretty happy at the end of the year. Um, I think we're going to have a couple of tough weeks selection-wise. Um, but if we can sort of weather that storm and, and have the kids back from uni, you know, I'm, I'm confident that we've got a good enough team to compete in that league. Um, we just need a couple of things to go our way and, you know, I'm confident we can achieve a mid-table finish. Thanks, Frenchie. Good luck with that and a good luck this weekend on Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, friend of the show and all-round good bloke, best fielder at the club, Richard Flint joins us for the third team report, playing alongside your brother. I don't know how many times that's happened to you in a match shirt, Flinty. Do you enjoy it? Uh, the amount of times I've played with him is too many, ultimately, as you know, being the better Flint, but sometimes you've got, sometimes you've got to get in there with him. You have. Uh, what I'll ask you to do at the end of the recording, Flinty, if we can, is I'll just keep you on and we'll do a fourth team match report so we can... Uh, record over Frankie's and we won't have to include that one if that's okay. So, the third 11 fixture, Flinty, who were you playing? Yeah, so we were at home to a Maritime CC across from Birkenhead, somewhere that way. Um, very wet in the morning, brother was moaning to me to come and help him uh, soft up the pitch, to which I was, of course, still in bed. Uh, got there, the ground was, you know, very wet in certain areas, roped bits off. Got a stint from on on the sopper from my brother. Uh, everyone doing the jobs to get it ready, and we we got going slightly late. Yeah, their their lads are right. Rocked up at five past one for a one o'clock start, and uh, this uh, they won the toss on a wet pitch. Decided they'll have a bat, which I can only assume is because they like batting. <laughs> um, although after after uh, I talked through our bowlers, they might not as might not like the batting as much. Um, so yeah, uh, returning Harry Massey. Took the new ball with Ben Farmer on his 13 debut and the pair bowled very well together. Uh, Harry taking early wickets as the other lad, uh, the Maritime boys came out and swung from about the first ball. Pretty much ran through the top order. Good catching from Mitch, Will. Uh, a couple of LBW decisions in there. Um, and basically, Maritime threw away the wickets. We bowled very well. Uh, four for Harry Massey, one for Ben Farmer, his first 13 wicket. And then Alistair Knight and Witters took uh, smashed the tail. Uh, Alistair Knight taking four for six in, in nearly seven overs was very good. Helped by their batting, but ultimately you, you're not going to take four wickets for nothing. Yeah, I wonder if maybe they came with a mindset that the game would never get played. Uh, maybe a little bit similar to the, the Sunday eleven. Great to see Harry Massey back. I'm not sure if it was his last wicket, but surely one of the last wickets that he took was Flintoff. How did he bowl for the thirds? Yeah, he bowled very well. Uh, a few, uh, a few looseners, I think, at the start. I mean, I can't imagine the last time he touched a cricket ball, three, two or three years at least. Pretty tight, testing the batsman often, and then made sure he took four wickets before anyone, before anyone said he's got to take a jug, uh, buy a jug. Sorry, uh, decided to start bowling beamers and was pulled off immediately. Well, that's the best way of avoiding. Uh 
and buying a jerk by the sounds of it. Mate, it looks like on plate cricket that Witter's got a bit of tap. I, I, I find that hard to believe. Five overs, 33 rims for his one wicket. Yeah, Witter's was doing everything except hit the stumps, which I think was about all he needed to do. They were swinging across the line every ball. And there was one lad who just took a fancy to him. So, Flinty, another win for the threes there, chasing a, a low score again, but still having to get the boys over the line. An unbeaten start to the season, one point off top. Surely the threes have got to be targeting winning the league this year. Yeah, I can only assume so with a, a good mix of experience and young players uh, and even idiots like me getting called up for one week. Uh yeah, good win. Maritime were top of the league and I can't imagine they still are after after uh, the good win for the threes. I uh, I love listening to you talk about cricket, Flinty. Don't listen to what the other guys say about it. You're a knowledgeable man and, and it's an interesting insight to the third team game on Saturday. Thank you very much. Crossy, are you going to talk us through the fixtures for the Saturday? Yeah, of course. So um, first team are at home uh, against Brooklyn. So... Birch's old club, so a nice little game for him uh, to get involved in. The second team are away. Uh, they're away at Neston, um, so up towards the Wirral. Uh, third team are away at Barrow. Again, a, a nice little trip for them. And the fourth team are at home to Appleton. Great stuff. You've got a cup game on Sunday. Did you, did you mention that one? No. So uh, on Sunday as well, we've got uh, the... Sunday 11 away at Ashton on Mersey and the first team. So we are away at Congleton uh, in the T20. So we've rearranged that for a Sunday. So if you can get down, uh, come down for a few beers and obviously uh, you've got the Monday free off work. Well, fingers crossed the weather starts to improve. I think Jack Matson is already hunting down Justin Gagliotti's tally of rained off games for the 2019 season. We look forward to some top results from next weekend's fixtures. Tune in and find out who will join me next week on the Mac Report to debrief the weekend's results. Enjoy the bank holiday weekend and thank you for listening.